Thank you all for joining us today. Before we begin, please remember to keep your microphones and video feeds off to avoid distractions. You can submit up to two questions to the moderator by WebEx chat only. Please submit your questions as clearly as possible with your name and outlet. Welcome, Dr. Colfax. Well, good afternoon, and thank you for joining. I'm here to report our collective progress in beating back the current surge of COVID-19 in San Francisco. And as we look back on this difficult year of 2020, I want to thank San Franciscans for your incredible efforts during these past months. Months that were unimaginable just a year ago as reports of this virus first surfaced. And I want to express my incredible gratitude to the medical providers and first responders and everyone who has been on the front lines of this pandemic this year. This includes the incredible team at our COVID command center and the Department of Public Health team who have been going nonstop for months now. We are seeing some reasons for hope, but we are still in a precarious position. As we close the last week of 2020, we mourn the loss of 182 San Franciscans who we have lost to this virus. And we extend our condolences to their loved ones at what must be an especially difficult time of year to be without them. We also find ourselves, as we begin 2021, in the middle of our worst surge this yet. This is not where any of us wants to be. The state of California has the highest case rate in the nation with more than 33,000 new cases per day. And there is zero intensive care unit bed capacity in Southern and Central California. Here in the Bay Area, ICU bed capacity is hovering around 9%. And while San Francisco has the second lowest case count in the Bay Area, thanks to our dedication of staying at home, we must continue our efforts if we want to combat this current surge successfully. Let's review the data that shows some small improvements in the last three weeks. Since Thanksgiving, we have experienced a surge, an aggressive increase in COVID-19 cases, as you can see on this slide. But we are also starting to see indications that this surge may have reached a peak. Again, these case numbers remain extremely high just below 30 per 100,000, but the rate of increase is showing some signs of decline. We have managed to push the average number of new cases per day in San Francisco down to about 270 for the first time since December 12th, a little more than two weeks ago. But I must emphasize, we are still far from out of the woods. We still have more cases, far more cases per day than we had in the previous two surges. And we also have to wait until January to see the overall impacts of these pivotal holiday weeks when it is likely that people have gathered and, given, and give, giving this highly infectious virus a possible foothold for increases. While travel at San Francisco airport was down significantly compared to last year, this past week, unfortunately, set national records for travel since the pandemic began. 
This is extremely concerning and does not bode well for January. Next slide, please. Recent hospitalizations have hit a record in San Francisco as well. Right now, we're just slightly below 200 people who are in the hospital with COVID-19 in our hospital systems across the city. This is nearly double the number that we had during the summer surge. Now, the rate of increase has slowed just a bit. And we believe that our capacity in the region is likely due to a result of many hospitals canceling elective surgeries or reducing the number of elective surgeries scheduled during the holiday, month, holiday week. But as hospitalizations increase, hospital capacity across the state and region is decreasing. Bay Area hospitals outside of San Francisco have very limited ICU capacity. And again, California hospitals outside of San Francisco and Sacramento have no hospital ICU capacity. We also know that hospitalizations lag about two weeks behind case increases. So unfortunately, we expect this number of hospitalizations in San Francisco to continue to climb for now. We will be watching these numbers very closely in the weeks to come. Next slide, please. But this slide shows what we have accomplished and we can continue to accomplish when we work together. We use the reproductive rate, RE on the top of, these slide, of this slide, we use the reproductive rate of the virus to project hospitalizations and deaths. Look at these numbers. And I know there's a lot of detail here, but I will go through the slide with some, with some time. We use the reproductive rate of the virus to project hospitalizations and deaths. On December 5th, the reproductive rate of the virus was estimated to be 1.45, 1.45. At that time, we were looking at nearly 1,500 hospitalizations and 544 additional deaths by March 1st. By December 26, with our early implementation of the stay-at-home order, December 6, and with the state's order being put into effect about a week after that, we pushed the reproductive rate down to 1.13. Look what that did to our numbers. A decline of an estimate of 1,200 fewer hospitalizations peaking in February and over 500 deaths averted. Now we need to continue to make this, make this progress continue to get our reproductive rate below one. If we are able to do that by the new year, we will continue to save lives and hospitalizations. 210 hospitalizations would be predicted. And while one death is too many, significantly fewer deaths than even what are projected for with our reproductive rate at 1.13. As we lower the reproductive rate, we see fewer sick people requiring fewer ICU beds and fewer people dying, dying. By staying home and not gathering, we have been able to prevent hundreds of hospitalizations and save so many lives. Our goal needs to, get, needs to be to get that reproductive rate below one. We have done it 
twice before. And I know that we can do it again. It is an incredible effort by all of us that will result in slowing the spread of COVID-19. I know it comes with sacrifice. Thank you for everything you're doing and everything we are giving up today, this week, this month, so that we can save lives and all be here for the vaccine. As we head into this New Year's Eve, let's remember that the power is in our hands to continue to turn this surge around. Hundreds of families in San Francisco will have a chance to spend next New Year's Eve together in good health because of the choices we make this week. We must continue to take the preventative measures that we know slow the spread of COVID-19. Avoid gatherings. Do not gather with people outside of your immediate household. Do not travel. Keep your distance and cover your face with a mask when and if you have to go out. Remember, it is also key that if you have traveled outside of the Bay Area counties recently, you must quarantine for 10 days when you arrive or return to San Francisco. By taking these steps together, by supporting each other, we have done relatively well in the last two weeks. And we see signs, as I just reviewed, that we are slowing the latest surge. But I must emphasize, this surge is still our biggest yet. And we cannot afford to have a Christmas or New Year surge on top of the surge that we are already experiencing. That would be catastrophic. We simply can't let this get, get worse. We won't have good insight into the impact of the Christmas holiday until January 2nd at the earliest, until January 8th for the impact of New Year's. And there's also another new variable. As you may have seen in the news, the United Kingdom has identified a variant strain of COVID-19. While the CDC has not identified the variant in the United States yet, it is very likely that it could be here, but is not yet detected. Now, this is not a surprise. All viruses mutate over time. And some of these random mutations change the way the virus behaves. This variant has changes in what is called the spike protein that make it easier to transmit the virus to others. At this time, there is no evidence that this variant causes more severe illness or increased death. And I emphasize again that this variant has not been detected in this country, in California, or San Francisco. We also have no evidence that the COVID-19 vaccines recently approved will have any trouble working against this variant. The, man, the vaccine scientists are testing to confirm this. We will learn of more variants over time and other variants have been described in other parts of the world. The core COVID-19 prevention methods not gathering, keeping at least six feet apart, wearing masks and washing hands should still work to prevent the spread of these virus variants and strains. And again, as we learn more, we will adjust our efforts as we have during this pandemic.
And for now, we will continue to require the people who travel outside the Bay Area quarantine for 10 days. Let's continue to work together. Let's keep the pressure on this virus and continue to turn the surge around. Let's begin the new year by pushing the curve lower. Stay at home as much as possible. Please, please wait till New Year's of 2022 for your traditional New Year's celebration. This year, keep it distant, keep the community safe. We are so close again to beating back this third surge. Let's keep it going for 2021. This will be the greatest New Year gift of all. Thank you. Thank you for your patience, Director. When you're ready, we will start the Q&A. Thank you, I'm ready. We have a couple questions asking about New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve is typically a time to celebrate together, gather to watch fireworks, and ring in the new year with family and friends. What impact would normal celebrations have on our COVID-19 rate? So I can't emphasize enough how catastrophic it will be if people celebrate in ways that we normally do for New Year's Eve. We are at a brink. We can continue to move forward and continue to slow the spread of the virus. If we see a surge like we did in Thanksgiving, we will have, as you can see from the numbers, thousands more people in the hospital, hundreds more people dying. We have been fortunate in the Bay Area so far compared to other regions in the state but we simply cannot afford to have people gather. There is more virus out there than ever before. You simply can't get away with things that you may have been able to get, with, get away with even during the prior surges. It's one New Year's Eve. I know it's been a hard year, but the vaccine is on the way. We need to gather by Zoom, by phone, by other whatever social media we use to be together for New Year's Eve outside of our immediate household. But please do not celebrate in ways that have been done in the past. This is a very dangerous time and a pivotal time. If we can get through these next few weeks, we will get through um, this, this surge. It's much more likely we'll get, get through this, this, uh, this surge. Thank you. The next question is from Gerald Chin with SF Bay. How many people in the city have so far been vaccinated? So um, what I can tell you is that uh, within uh, the health department, uh, we have vaccinated uh, 4,000 uh, frontline uh, workers um, in our hospitals as well as, as, as uh, our, our, our first uh, responders. We unfortunately don't have um, insight into how many people have been vaccinated in the city at this time. Uh, the vaccine is being distributed uh, by the state to healthcare systems, uh, what they're calling multi-county providers. And we do not uh, have um, insight into how many um, vaccines are being distributed to these multi-county provider systems. Um, and then, and then being directed to these healthcare systems in San Francisco. We have asked the state uh, for that information. The state is committed that that information will be provided, but unfortunately we do not have it at this time. Thank you. The next question is from Ida Mojadad from the SF Examiner. 
What do these latest projections mean for the stay at home order? So with regard to the state stay at home order, um, right now the Bay Area region is still below that 15% uh, threshold that we need to be in three weeks for uh, the state uh, uh, stay at home order to be lifted. So uh, at this time, uh, we expect we will uh, continue to stay in, in that stay at, or, at home uh, order situation. Um, so these numbers, I think the point is, is that the, if the numbers continue to go down and if we are able to hold off on a surge either because of the Christmas holiday or the New Year's holiday, the sooner we will be to, able to get out of this situation. Um, and that would indicate the, the sooner we will be able to have the state stay at home order lifted, um, the San Francisco stay at home order lifted, which will be uh, lifted once ICU capacity is at 25% and cases and hospitalizations are going down. Um, and the sooner we can start a gradual uh, reopening and get uh, life back to um, a, a, more normal, a, a more normal situation um, as we did have before the sur surge started uh, in, in, in November. So the better we do now, the sooner we can go back um, to, a, to a new normal. Thank you, Dr. Colfax. The next set of questions are from Mel Baker with the San Francisco Public Press. Does the Department of Public Health or the State Health Department even have the capacity to determine if the variant has arrived in the Bay Area through blood samples? If not, will you expect to see it in the data based on an increase in spread of the virus? So um, there are a number of labs, in, including at UCSF, that are sequencing. Uh, that means detecting the genetic uh, patterns of, of the virus that, um, are, that, that could identify uh, this variant if and when it occurs. Um, overall, the United States does uh, a very uh, low number of um, sequencing of these virus, viral strains uh, compared to other countries. Uh, but UCSF and other labs across the state do sequence a uh, proportion of, of samples of, of virus. So we would expect um, if and when uh, this variant uh, enters the country, the state or the region that it would um, eventually uh, be detected. Thank you. The next question is from Pilar Nino with Telemundo. Since the beginning of the vaccination process, has the Department of Public Health received any reports of people suffering bad reactions or having any problems with it? Um, we haven't had any um, reports of any severe um, consequences to administering the vaccine that I'm aware of at this time. Thank you. And the last question is from Maureen Kelly with Cron4. It's been reported operation wraparound speed, warp speed, sorry, is falling behind in its goal of shipping 20 million doses of the vaccines to states by early January. The CDC had reports of 2.1 million vaccinations out of 11.4 million shipped. Is the city experiencing any problems in the vaccine rollout because of this lack? So as I commented earlier, unfortunately, we don't have full visibility to how much vaccine is uh, being distributed uh, to multiple entities that are then going to be distributing it, distributing it even in San Francisco. So again, the multi-county health system entities um, are receiving vaccine from the state uh, now. We don't know how much they're receiving and how much of that will flow to San Francisco. 
Um, what I can say is that, again, um, the health department has vaccinated uh, over 4,000 uh, frontline workers uh, to protect uh, them from, from COVID-19. I'm also really happy to say that we expect um, at Laguna Honda Hospital that um, in partnership with, with uh, Walgreens that that vaccines uh, are expected to start there next week for both um, uh, staff who haven't been vaccinated yet and residents. Um, so things are moving forward with, with, with vac vaccination. But again, um, we don't have uh, full visibility into this. We are collaborating and cooperating with the state and hospital systems across the city um, to gain a better understanding. But really um, the state has uh, said that we will get that, but we do not have that yet. Great. Thank you. This concludes today's press conference. Thank you, Dr. Colfax, for your time. For future, you. question, for future questions, please email dempress at sfgov.org. Thanks. Thanks and stay safe, everyone. Bye-bye.